Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of The Film Aspect, where we'll never ever do an episode again that we said we actually would. Of course, we're, <laughs> we're going to do Conjuring, we're going to do A Quiet Place this week, but it didn't happen. Uh, and instead, we're talking about our most anticipated film of the year, uh, Cruella, which arrived on at, at cinemas and on Disney Plus this week, I'm assuming, last Friday. But yeah, I think I think so. Really? I think it was last last Friday. Put up to date. Definitely. Put up to date in this. Um, this seems like a film specifically designed for us. You know, tailor made for yeah. for us two two guys to be talking about this movie. Uh, but before we get started, just to be chat about what's been happening in the world of film. Uh, I just made you watch a trailer for Demonic, which is Neil Blomkamp's next uh horror movie, and. You only you you mentioned green screen. You only too happy with the green screen. I'm n- never happy with green He's never screen. Never happy with green screen. Just don't use it. See if you're going to show Brian a movie. Just don't use green screen. I don't understand why point. you have to. What what happened to the age, the age old trade of building fucking sets? How about that? Money, mate. Uh, <laughs> cost less money than to hire a guy to build a, an entire world on a computer. Get a couple of carpenters together. A couple of guys that do paint. Sort it. That's what I'd do. I, I'd, I'd refuse to shoot anything against the green you should, screen. You should pie in. You should pie in the directing thing. You should just be set like set designer. <laughs> like maybe nah. a pie, like just getting pure like kicking down the doors of like the next Marvel movie. I'm like, oh mate, I'm gonna fucking make this whole galactic <laughs> spaceship for you. No green screen here, mate. They did it with <laughs> Alien. We talking about did it with Aliens. Ah, but Aliens is Aliens is small scale though. Aye. Definitely. Com- compa- in comparison. Um, but I I thought it, it looked kind of weird. I think I think this is... I'm glad to see him do something a wee bit more low budget, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. I think we've spoken about it before. I don't know what's happening with his alien projects. Because uh, I think uh, Ridley Scott went and was being a bit of a dick and was like, nah, mate, I'm doing them. And you're like... He's like, Hi, I'm going to do them after the next three movies I'm making. Nah, I would, I would like, I like, I like the Ridley Scott movies. I like the the, the modern Ridley Scott Alien movies. Uh, but I would love to see somebody like Neil Blomkamp coming at that because we were just talking before there about how District Nine was obviously a very personal and passionate project for him compared to his following what's in Elysium and Chappie. And did he do anything after that? I don't think so. No, I think I think Chappie's that, the last it, thing he's done. He done like some short stuff. I'm sure I've mentioned before, but like I feel like Aliens something like if you're getting someone that is like a proper Alien fan coming in to make something like that, I think you could have an amazing film behind you. And then when you take someone who just not only that but also knows sci-fi well, because like I like at least Chappie's bullshit. Chappie's a piss film, but like. Elysium has some cool stuff, not just from like the the kind of concept, because it's probably something that's been done before. I know, like the 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 whole like space station thing is, I think the concept of Halo or like one of the sets of Halo or something like that, the the game. But um, no, it had some cool stuff like the the explosive shurikens, the guns and the design of the guns and all this. And I liked the exosuit thing. I just I liked all that stuff. I thought it was pretty cool. So if he could like bring something, I think he could make actually a good like guerrilla styled aliens movie probably but Maybe. yeah this 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 looks all right it looks it looks a little bit too like demonic for my liking to be honest 
because that's the kind of horror movie. Like, I always, like, I kind of clock out. See, when I watch a lot of, like, really, really scary de- demonic possession movies, quite a lot of the time when it comes to, like, ghost hunting or demons or whatever, I'm just like, I'd just kill myself. Honestly, I know in that situation, I would be like, nah, mate, I'm clocking out. I'm not, I'm not dealing with these ghosts harassing me 24-7. Nah. So then that just kind of, it snaps me out of it a wee bit, I think. But also I'm just a shite bag. I don't know why I watch them. Uh, did you see the trailer for uh, Reminiscence? Nah. Just released today. Hugh Jackman. Big, uh, big sci-fi movie. Kinda. It looks confusing as hell. I don't know what's going on, but it's essentially like the world is flooding so it's kind of into disarray a wee bit, you know, because people land or whatever, uh, and then people, because of the water being high, they use these nostalgia pods or something like that, so they can go and live the old days. Uh, that's about all I can tell you about it, because it's short, it, you know, it's a big, long, it's like two and a half minute trailer, but I don't know, I couldn't tell you, but I'm, I'm intrigued, I like about Hugh Jackman. See, I like Hugh Jackman, but his films can be hit and miss, depending on... Hit and miss? This, uh, in the same movie? Miss, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's not, I'm watching this trailer, I was just speaking. I thought, I'd, I recognise, I realise this is the thing that Rebecca Ferguson was posting on Instagram about. I follow her on Instagram. Alright, aye. So this must have been... What, what do you think then, there have been some of his, kind of like... What What are some of his uh, recent misses? Uh, was it the runner or runner runner or something that political thriller that was supposed front, to front be runner. the runner um that was supposed to be oscar baited ended up being absolutely shite he pan. was and um, i haven't even seen pan i remember i wanted to see that but then it just never i'm ever not happened. i'm not i'm not a peter pan boy i'm not um, chappy <laughs> that was <laughs> pretty bad chappy wait he's the main being bad guy in Jappy. The same Jackman. movie we were just talking about. Hugh Jackman, yeah. I don't remember him being in that movie. And I just remember that awful Antwerp. Joe. Yeah, no, it's De- Dev Patel the, the main guy, and Hugh Jackman's like the bad guy. I, d- I honestly, I, I do not remember him being in that movie at all. Um, um, Real Steel was so yeah, a banger, from, to be fair. I've not seen Real Steel. I always hear good things about that movie, uh, though. Then there was X Men Origins Wolverine. So he's he's off and on for the last ten years or so. <laughs> the front runner, sorry, that's that's what it was called. Aye, he, that's what I said. Oh, did you? I thought you just said the runner. I'm still listening to this trailer. So he he set the world on fire with the Greatest Showman, and then came with a dud that was the front runner. I've never seen the Greatest Mate, Showman. Change your life. It'll change your <laughs> life. Um. So what are you think of this trailer? Then you're probably like shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it just looks like oh, every time I look at new trailers, all I see is a board of directors going, right, we need these things in this film, and that's where the idiots all lap up. That will give us a billion dollar box office. Mm, and then that's that, that's how I I'm exactly those kind of ideas. I see a big landscape <laughs> shot of a of a, a destroyed city. I'm like, all right, <laughs> say no more. I'll yeah. be there. Carry that's all, that's all I need. And be like, you know, what that be number 17 of the disaster films that get released that year across the streaming platforms <sighs> disaster films are good though like in that kind of weird way like they're never actually like amazing movies but like 
I, I just think everyone knows that when they go to see a disaster movie. They're not really looking for in-depth characters. They're just looking for buildings to fall and people to look cool. See, Actually, no, I'm saying that. What was that one we watched a few months ago? Greenland. With big, aye, with big Jerry Butler. That I, I love that one. That was a good one. Um, check out an episode. You'll probably find that somewhere. <laughs> that was a few months ago if you want to listen to that. And... The last few bit I had, uh, there was something about Todd Phillips co-writing the Joker sequel, and I'm like, why, why are you making a Joker sequel? And apart, was it something? I don't know if this was just like a Twitter thing, because you know that way, like, I, I, most of the time I'll see the news through people tweeting about it, or referencing it, and I'm just like, what are you talking about, mate? But like, I see that a lot of things about there potentially being like uh, multiple Jokers, like, m- like a multi-universe thing or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I the, that, the, it was they were just doing the a, com- the a completely different story. It will still be Joaquin Phoenix, but it will kind of just be a completely different eye story. Can you imagine him sitting down having a chat with Jared Leto? <sighs> See, I, I'm I'm not in the I'm not in the mood for um another Joker. Movie I think it's going to it's going to ruin the first one because the last time Todd Phillips made a sequel, he made The Hangover Two, and it was one of the worst <laughs> films I've ever seen in my life. Now, the last time he made a sequel, was it not, when he made The Hangover 3, oh, well. and that's one of the worst sequels <laughs> in your life. Aye. I mean, he's good, I like Todd Phillips, I like, I like some of his films, but the guy just does not have a track record of sequels. I'm, and I'm sorry for something that was as big and as impactful as Joker, all he's going to do is, is ruin what that was. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, I think, even just mentioning Hangover, like, 2 and 3, I think, can I mute what could have been the cultural phenomenon that was the first movie yeah. because I think that really, really probably would have been referenced a lot more now because it feels like it's kind of fallen out of the zeitgeist like no one really talks about the hangover but they'll still reference other you know other kind of comedy films of that time yeah uh, but yeah no nah, I'm, I'm not interested uh at at this moment in time the idea of a sequel for the joker doesn't really appeal to me um, despite really, really loving it at the time, although I do need to watch it again because I'm nervous a bit. I feel like my... It's like I need to... Re- I, I'm going about with a car without doing its MOT, you know? I'm just saying, like, ah, oh, mate, I love, the, I love the Joker, but I've not seen it in about two years. Yeah. So I just need to see see what's happening with that. But uh, I... Did you see the... Oh. Oh, they got um, leaked set photos of Indiana Jones 5 because apparently they've started filming... Some, Fleet set for yeah, us. some castle or something. Looks shit. Uh, I'm gonna. And uh, the only other thing I saw was Richard Madden's. The odds of Richard Madden being cast as the new Bond have been slashed. So I think he's the front runner to be. That all depends on the Eternals. They'll see if the Eternals bombs as hard as I think it's gone. He has his worth goes that, down. That's not. Ah, I don't think that's much. That's no him. No, see if it's an ensemble cast. Ah, I don't. I don't I don't know if I like him for. I I was about to say oh, I don't like him for Bond, but I might have cast him. <laughs> the recast, <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe that was you, but uh, it's so funny because the first I looked up Indiana leaked photos Indiana Jones five, and the first picture that came up is of always sunny with Charlie and Max sitting <laughs> in the van and we an old uh, cap or uh, cowboy hat on. Have you have you seen? Do you watch Always Sunny? No, not really. Uh, I've I've started a rewatch and honestly, greatest comedy show of all time, hands down. But yeah, it's fucking hilarious. I just love it so much. Anyway, uh, is that you? Have you seen anything else? Only that 
they're, they're apparently they're seriously discussing the the furious Jurassic World crossover. Nah, actual. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I think so. Actually, seriously discussing it. I saw uh, the meme. The meme. The headline was the only thing that could stop these dinosaurs is family. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, I'm here uh, for it. I am a, on a big pair of a big pair of Timbies to the face. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm not gonna lie. If they released a trailer that was Fast and Furious and Jurassic Park, I would lose my fucking mind. I would. <laughs> I'm not like that. Is the perfect stupid cinema. That is the perfect company. Whatever happened to that Men in Black Twenty One Jump Street crossover? I know. Because that sounded like that could have been pretty fun. That's that's what. I don't understand why Hollywood moved away from all those types of kind of fun, quirky, really out there movies that made hundreds of like, money. I mean, the only crossover kind of stuff that we have and the kind of the most recent kind of ones, at least that I'm thinking of, are, is, uh, are like Alien versus Predator. And that's ancient. Yeah. You know, that's like the last kind of big crossover thing that I can think of. But, uh, and, and I think stuff like that would sell. Definitely, I th- I think I mean you're just bringing two fan bases and putting them together into one. Like what's and and the thing that I thought was really good about Men in Black and Twenty One Jump Street is those were the kind of films that were kind of like self aware enough that they could pull off something stupid like that. And I I kind of think that uh, Jurassic World and Fast and Furious maybe not so much Jurassic World, but Fast and Furious could pull off something like that. I think. With oh, why? Some some sort of franchise. I mean, that would be amazing. Can you imagine there'd be some sort of race between like them and the T Rex or something <laughs> like Do- Dominic fucking like cracks a T Rex? <laughs> that'd, be too, that'd be too good. I like this movie. I'm gonna start campaigning for this. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, right. I is it anything else? Nah, I think that's nah, me. No, think no, that no me. more bangers to pull like that. No. Um, Aye, so this week we're talking about Cruella, which is the latest uh, Disney live-action prequel. I was going to say remake, but it's a prequel to 101 Dalmatians or something or other. Do you want to quickly explain to me and possibly anyone else that doesn't have much of a clue about 101 Dalmatians, if you can even remember yourself, what 101 Dalmatians is all about? Yeah, it's... it's I can't remember the, the names. I know the, the the dad is Pongo. That's the, the, the dad Dalmatian. It's just this guy and girl uh, meet in a park because their dogs get kind of intertwined. And then so they, wait, like the, the dogs the humans, are like the main characters? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, All right. And then after after them living in this townhouse, the, the dogs have 99 puppies or something. Um... Because the mum and dad are the one, the hundred and hundred and one. Uh, so they uh, have right, 99 okay. puppies and then Cruella developed And the like, one litter? Yeah. And the one litter. Right. Oh, and Cruella <laughs> developed as the, uh, the wife, the human wife's boss. And she just comes around to see all these puppies and is, is this, this fashionista, this, this terrible woman. And she wants to make coats out of the puppy's skin. So she, um, she kidnaps all these puppies and Pongo and a, is it Penelope? Are we uh, right? Let me let me quickly clarify this. Pongo is the name of the dog, yes, not the human. Yes, yes, yes. Right, aye, right, okay. And <laughs> him and his missus go and basically go and save the 
the puppies from this uh, Cruel Devil's Mansion, Hell Hall or whatever it is. Mm. And that's a, the, the the film's only on for like eighty minutes or something. It's not practically fit two of them in the length <laughs> of this movie. Uh, yeah. So then we have uh, Cruella, which stars Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, Paul something Hauser. I keep forgetting his name. He was in he was in that terrible COVID movie. Uh, he's in. He's actually he's a kind of up and coming. I think he actually got interviewed for a magazine that I've done work with. But uh, he he's a an up and comer. He's in. Oh, what what was that terrible COVID movie? Songbird. He was in that. But he's in. A, he's in quite a few things who, these days. I who think. is it? Who are you talking about? Are you talking about Jarvis and Hos- Horace and Jasper? I I don't know who's who. Uh, Horace is the, he's the guy who was in uh, Richard Jewell that Clint Eastwood movie. Aye, that guy, that guy, that guy. Aye, he's great. So yeah, him. He's great. I, I really like him. He he's and then. That other guy, what's his name? He's one of them folk that's in like hundreds of British Joe stuff. Fry, and I'm he, just like, he was in Trolleyed for a while, the sitcom that was in Sky One about the supermarket. And then he, he had uh, a yeah. bit part in Game of Thrones for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aye. Um, anyway, aye, so you get, you get this <laughs> lot. You get Cruella, who is, um, well, it kind of starts out, she's like a, she's a little girl, and then she ends up being on her own, and she's like a bit weird, and, you know, she's a wee bit too rowdy, doesn't go with the flow she's always like causing trouble ends up with these two orphans in london who grow up together and they hustle folk but she really wants to be a fashion designer uh and then it's her about like working her way up the fashion ladder uh first off film aspect or respect aspect i think uh i think it's 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 got to be an aspect for me although i didn't like I thought I was really going to hate this and I didn't hate it because I think it's competent enough a film on its own like a little bit more so than than you'll get with a lot of these movies because there's quite a lot of the time when you watch some of these like remakes and prequels that Disney are churning out that you can just you can kind of tell like no one really tried with this movie yeah you know obviously people did try but you know like you get that sense that there's just nothing much going on with it they're not trying to kind of properly tell the stories kind of half-assed and all this kind of stuff and i think there's elements of that in here but overall i thought there was a i think it's because i can see a movie in this that isn't related to cruella you know the 101 dalmatians yeah there's a movie there's a movie in this i think that you could make just as that's why there was like all the memes going about it being like the joker you know but um, I, I was a, I was a little, I was a little surprised by that. One thing I want to talk about here, very, very quickly, CGI dogs. I didn't like them. No. And it cut back and forth. Like, like there was literally a point where it would be like, the dog is just following her, or the dog is just sitting next to her, and I'm like, bro, are you using a CGI dog right now? <laughs> Especially since we know for a fact there were real, like, the the Dalmatians are never real. No, but her little buddy or Buffy or whatever his name was, it it was real at points, but it just they they just used CGI instead, and it had some major John Wick dog shit vibes about it, where it's just like ah, we're just dating post, like just just throw in a, a CGI dog, and it, just, it was just kind of weird. Um, but yeah. what do you think of Emma Stone in this? I fucking hated her. I hated. Her. I thought everybody 
overacted all over the place. I thought the dialogue was ham-fisted and cringy as fuck. I thought every single interaction between every single character was horrendously unnatural and unrealistic. I just thought it was a poorly constructed film from all angles. Damn, making some <laughs> statements. What about, what about uh, no, not any sympathy for uh, Emma Thompson? Nope, none. Why would I have sympathy for Emma Thompson? She was a horrible character with zero redeeming characters. She was apparently, apparently, you know, fashion gurus are criminal underworld masterminds in this this world. <laughs> uh, first I've ever heard of that. Some, some, uh, I felt bad for Mark Strong because he's a decent actor. Well, to be fair, they're all decent actors. I felt bad for the actors because of the dog shit script they had to read off of. Um... But other than that, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I think to fully, and we're gonna get to spoiler territory right now. I'm sorry, you've had the spoiler more than I made a few notes as I was watching this, right? And this should encompass fully my feelings on this film. This will take me maybe a minute to read these, okay? Right? <laughs> okay. Started off, she's a wee shite. She would have got the belt at that school. It's the late sixties. <laughs> Capital punishment was a thing. That headmaster is far too wimpy. What? Our ma died. That's fucking stupid. This is awfully written. This is awfully performed. Open brackets, kids, close brackets. Why are the homeless kids wee poshos? Ten year question mark. They all look about 40. Fuck's sake. Let something happen without a song playing in the background. <laughs> Why are there so many stupid handheld shots? That looked like a very complicated security system for the time. Estelle can't go to the ball. I know someone who can. I cringed hard. That was me. This cover of Whole Lot of Love is shite. Am I supposed to believe Emma Thompson can take out any of those seasoned security guards? Uh, how did she not realise Estella... It was Estella with the, at the black and white ball. Emma Stone deserves better than this. <laughs> Far too many songs. This film doesn't know what it wants to be. Know what makes a good film? Question mark. Sympathetic characters. This has none of those. The film is just cringy. Did this film just use the same song as Joker? This cover of Come Together is shite. People always <laughs> oversing Beatles covers. How the fuck did the Baroness not know every cunt in the party was standing right behind her? And that cliff wasn't tall enough to parachute off of. Those are my notes for Cruella. Okay. That's how I feel. Okay. Um, I'll try and... I'll try and... I'll try and respond to some. The age gap thing... <laughs> It confused me. It had me pause with some thought for a second because I I was watching it with me and I was like, wait, how how long was this supposed to be? Because <laughs> like Horace, would you say their names were? Uh, Horace, Jasper, and, and Horace, uh, Horace, like <laughs> like I'm like, bro, how old were you? Is he supposed? To be? He was like he's like eleven years old at a ma- at the fucking max when they first started. That's so funny. But um, Paul Paul Walter Hauser is thirty five. Paul Walter Paul Walter Hauser, that was it. Uh, he's thirty five. But he's also a thirty five that could play 
Like, if you just dressed him up a little bit more, yeah. he probably could, like, extend it a bit. Joe Fry's but... 37. He's supposed to be 20 or 21. I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> I don't even think Emma Stone's really passing for someone in her early Is 20s fuck? anymore. Um, Is she but... fuck? No more than I am. And I'm not <laughs> a young-looking 31-year-old. <laughs> so... What I would, what I think is interesting about this movie is that for me, when I was watching it, I was almost sort of surprised at points with like how it was kind of flirting with more violent things. You know, like they're talking about the fact like she's going to kill her or she's going to skin them dogs and all this and she's like drinking alcohol and all this. And I'm like, is this a Disney movie? Like, and they're just doing like, she's just getting shit faced at work and all this. But then I think... I don't, I, I, the, the, this is kind of going to be one of the first ones I, I've, I've noticed for this with Disney where it's like, it's almost like they've finally made a teen movie, I think. Because like, the Disney films that they make are so like, they find that balance where it's like, you can watch this as an adult, but it's also really for kids, you know? So like, it's just a general where everyone's going to enjoy it. But I don't really think this is like, for kids. I don't think kids would like this movie. No. But I think, I think like, teenage girls would probably like this movie you know yeah i think that that's the kind of angle that they're going for with this which is kind of surprising because you know they like to go for big like what's a movie that everyone's gonna like everyone's gonna see and it's gonna make a billion dollars and i don't i don't think they really went for that with this movie i don't think that's the point of it i mean for one it's setting it's like the the big pardon me sorry i'm burping now because i'm i'm getting into it <laughs> I think one of the, um, yeah, I consider one of the biggest strands of narrative through this thing is that it's like fashion, you know, like designing dresses and all this kind of stuff. It isn't like mainstream blockbuster material. So hats off to them for that, I think, because it also doesn't really seem like a low budget movie, you know, for them to then go. It's obviously not 200 million, but it's obviously no 30 million. Yeah. You know? So I think I think that that's fair enough. Um but I I do I do have some questions though. So in the the 101 Dalmatian movie, she like definitively is like, I'm gonna skin them dugs for a jacket. Aye. Yeah. So like that's the, the bit that I'm kinda like obviously she's supposed to be a kinda anti-hero. Which but is it's ki- bullshit. I found I, f- I found them I felt like they were, it was, it was kind of like, oh, we really like her, we like her character, we like how she, you know, her struggle, but also there's this bit where she's like flirting with the idea of skinning some dogs, but let's just ignore that, you know, let's, let's, nah, we know you don't really think about that too much, you know, that's kind of the thing that I I was always kind of thinking, whereas like, you know, if you're going to compare this to Joker, right, (laughs) same it's the same movie or anything like that. But, you know, like a movie like that is you're, you know, you're, it's not played off. He's never played off as a likable character. You know, like, this is the kind of guy like, I don't want to be anywhere fucking near this creep. Yeah. Right? Whereas, like, I think they were trying to be keeping with the Disney kind of fling where it's like, oh, she's a bit funny and she's kind of cool. She's got the style. But also she's like, like she says, I'm only joking, but then she'll sit and stare like fucking mad dog. 
the Dalmatian for about 10 seconds, clearly sitting there thinking about actually skinning them. Yeah. And then, and then like, there's also the bit where she does the fashion show and she's kind of like, you know, takes the thing off. And Emma Thompson's like, she skinned my dogs. <laughs> and then I, you know, I spent like a couple of minutes being like, did she? I was like, would that, it wasn't so much the character. I wasn't questioning the character. I was more just like, would this movie do that? Like, would this movie allow their main protagonist to fucking skin three dogs and wear them as a, as a dress? Yeah. So, yeah, there was a degree to that. And also in regards to how did she not see a hundred people standing behind her, I also thought that was complete <laughs> dog shit. And I also said to Amelia, when she get pushed off the edge, I was like, that's a very dangerous jump to make from a parachute because <laughs> that could have just whipped her straight into the jagged rocks yeah and then she's dead and then that wee guy's just chilling at the bottom it's like some pretty hard currents by the looks of things <laughs> on his wee boat um one thing right so they play it off as a little bit of a mystery at the beginning when it's like oh she was killed or blah 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 and then when the baroness first comes in to the store i said to him you know i was like oh is this movie trying to play off that we don't know that that was Emma Thompson? Because, like, it doesn't show her or anything like that at the beginning. So it is, like, a kind of, like, who was that woman? But, like, I don't know if anyone ever really doubted it. Did they? No. Like, but was that what the movie was trying to go for? I don't think so. You think? But then, if that's not the case, why even hide her identity at the beginning of the movie did they I thought you saw her no you didn't you didn't see her at the beginning like you hear her voice very very briefly but you don't actually see her oh (laughs) I I, Um, I, I don't know maybe I just filled it in filled filled the blank by myself I thought yeah well that's the thing that's the thing because then I, I just I just I noticed that that they were hiding her but then I was like wait I thought like that was just the assumption here but then it was like no you hadn't actually seen her so it was like a little pointless mystery that they threw in there but um uh, I'm trying to think of like other points with this movie well I I think the from what I had read afterwards I didn't really read anything beforehand I don't think but Apparently, it, it was like four or five different writers and four or five different scripts, and they've just sort of picked the best parts from each script. And I can see that in the film because it doesn't lean too heavily into the sort of crime side, but it also doesn't lead too heavily into the fashion side. And it, I... I wish it would have picked one or the other and really went for it. I no, I actually feel like I wish they'd tried to push for the two to go together a wee bit more yeah. because I think. Because at the the closest I came to being like into this movie was when they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do this wee heist bit," but obviously that only ended up really being like a a part of the movie, not like the the bit of the movie. So like you know, I spent that kind of for a bit where I was like, "Oh, right, so this is gonna be like this kind of fashion competition mixed with like some heist elements," which I thought were really really cool because I liked how they played off the kind of comical stuff at the beginning, you know, like with with our mate like dropping the CV and like really stupid, you know, like he's down in the rope and he's just dropping it. Well, she just turns away very briefly, you know. Like I liked those kind of bits, so I thought they were gonna do a bit more of that, and like I did find it funny 
you know, like uh, Paul uh, Walter Hauser, you know, like fucking about with a wee rat. But like, you know, like that stuff I kind of liked. Yeah. Um, And I would have liked to have seen, like, if they expanded upon that, because it kind of felt like after a point, they just went, ah, we're done with these two characters now. I know. You know, because then they're like, oh, is she ever going to say thank you to us? <laughs> but like, it, 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 it just felt like such a hard turn. And also, the bit that bugged me about all that is because she's really, really rude to them right when she's suddenly like i am cruella now but then she isn't to the fashion store owner because he's like oh you're here i didn't i didn't know blah 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 and she goes it's me it's estella and she acts normal for a second where she doesn't do that with her mates (laughs) for the most of the movie i was like why what are you picking and choosing who you're like that with yeah um i think that was one of the many inconsistencies in the sort of and and everything everything about the film i also then they kind of played up well they played up they didn't really go back into the whole relationship with her mate for school who turned it to be the photographer they had one conversation and that was kind of it between the two of them aye aye so that... and also her relationship with the dog aye see see because at the beginning they're like oh she found a little dog in the dumpster and it's like this is our best mate and then it just Disney. Then it's just there and it does things every now and again. Aye. But it like wasn't. I, I kind of felt like there would. Because there's points where she just goes about and she's like, you don't know where your dogs are or anything, you know? Because um, I thought they were playing it up for a second where I was like, are these Dalmatians going to like eat the fuck out of her dog? <laughs> but that's again when I'm sitting there going, is this movie willing to go this far? Yeah. Um, I don't think. But it was, yeah, I think it, it, it suffered from. It feels like one half of the creative team wanted to push for something that was really innovative, but like another half of the team wanted to be as safe as possible to you know cover as many cover as many bases and get as many much of a sort of generic movie that as many people would like as possible. So there was that. I feel as if there's there's two there's like two different films here that mm. just kind of got thrown together with the the proper let's make a film that's really out there and that's really sort of imaginative and gutsy and then there's the let's make a Disney movie film Mm. I I, I think it would have been interesting had it not been Cruella de Vil see if this just would have been an original film about this this girl and because everybody was likeable it was it was such a hang up that it was supposed to be related to the 101 Dalmatians for me it really was and well the acting was pretty bad but i just i just feel as if I, I may have enjoyed it more had it not had that sort of that connection to to the, the previous film mm-hmm. um and I, i'm not sure why um the end bit where it's like she kills estella to then mean cruella's back now or whatever uh, i didn't see the i didn't see the point in that way i just like you could do whatever you know you can prove somehow that this woman's a horrible person and then just legally change your name <laughs> <laughs> like no one like no one really after that shouldn't know that many people so not too many people are gonna be like nah but you were Estella weren't you uh, be like nah nah it's Cruella you've literally got like our two our two mates um and uh so she was just born with that hair we going with that is that what was supposed to be intended with the original character 
Because she's old in, in the Aye. other movies, isn't she? Like, is she not... I assumed it was like a fashion slash she's, you know, hitting her mid-50s to 60s or something like that. So she's getting, like, the streak, but it's, like, extreme. Whereas now they're just like, nah, mate, one half of her hair is white and one is black. <laughs> I, I don't know. Got a level <laughs> we have got no idea. Um, let, us, let, let us know. Is that something... Is that part of the deep, the deep lore of 101 Dalmatians that we're missing? She's a special <laughs> kind of person with her jewel hair. Um, so, would you, would you, would you think of the dresses, mate? Loved them. <laughs> what was your favourite? Uh, uh, the red one. <laughs> <laughs> the one from the 1964 winter season, or was it summer oh, season? I, I don't know. No, the winter, the nineteen sixty four winter collection. That's like that is a banger. You know, we all know the winter collection nineteen sixty four. Yeah, I like that. I like, that was good. I thought um, the one that was the centerpiece that she was hiding from the Baroness was fucking stinking. See that one with all the gold stones on it. I was like, oh, this is the dress. This is the the centerpiece of my collection. I was like, I would have seen indeed wearing that. And uh, I, I'm not, I'm not a high fashion kind of guy, but no, nah. I thought it looked stupid. I <laughs> thought she looked pretty. The 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 dress that um she I think she ended up wearing at the very end with all the the kind of the leather one. Aye, I think that one was all right as far as costumes go. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, Mark Strong looked good in his tux though. That's my favourite dress. Mark Strong always looks good in a tux. I, know. I did feel a bit sorry for him because you know that way where. I first saw him and I said like I, can't, I was like that's Mark Strong then again he was in this movie and he really isn't he no, and I was like not. why bring in Mark Strong for a role like that I know <laughs> that's, that's a real shit that feels like a bit of a slap in the face to him I, it felt like he was I, I, I felt like that was gonna be some sort of romantic link between him and Emma Thompson I just just because of their relationship I thought it was going to be one of those things where she's an asshole to him in public but behind the scenes they actually love each other I thought but, that's what it was going to be but also can we get on board with like right so Mark Strong it turns out to be the good guy right because he's like I saved you when you were a child <sighs> was that Mark Strong guesting on this podcast right there I sounded just like him fuck <laughs> off <laughs> So he's like, I saved you as a child, blah, 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 right? And it's like, oh, he's a good guy, he's a good guy. What other shit has this man done across those uh, very, very, very long 10 years that uh, <laughs> Cruella and our mates had? You know, what what has he done for that woman if she literally, like, take care of the baby, you know, Aye. kill my baby? If that's, like, the low bar, you know, killing her own child, what else has there been, you know? Like, I mean, we know she fucking kills people. Like, just burns. She tries to burn Cruella. Yeah. <laughs> Although I thought it was a little convenient that she's like, we're going to blame it on all your mates. Cause I don't think anyone would have jumped to the conclusion that the fashion designer burned down our whole fucking building <laughs> and killed three people. <laughs> I, know. I don't know about that. Aye. But, Surely if those two guys were going to do it, they would have did it in their own flat. Oh. <laughs> 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 Their, their own flat that lies in a derelict, derelict building they're obviously not get too much going well for them <laughs> like oh let's retire to the old the old Ritz you know aye. um aye 
a little weird. And I felt like they, I felt like they were, like you were saying, like kind of hinting towards this, something a wee bit more innovative, innovative. Like they had elements where I was like, are they going to lean a wee bit more into this like punk aesthetic that they're going, f- kind of going for, but they never really did beyond the dresses. Nah. Or the, the outfits, because that's what I kind of thought maybe like with the, uh, the, the, the setting um, but nah, nah, did they? Didn't really. And I'm, I'm also, yeah, I also agree with one of your other notes, like how did she just like she gets a stick and those uh bodyguards are yeah. done. Aye. And it also bugged me when he blocked the door with a sword, and I was like, mate, that sword just tip and slide right off. <laughs> um. Yeah. Were you surprised when she turned out to be her daughter? No, not really. She said something at one point that bugged me. She said. She's like blah blah blah, talking about how her mum, whatever, her like her second, like her care carer, you know. She's talking about her and she's like, ah, she was also a liar. And I was like, bro, you were like fucking eight. Like, what's she got a day? By the way, your real mother <laughs> tried to kill you, so Aye. therefore I'm looking after her now, you know. But uh, I, Cruella, I was. Spelt like devil, but pronounced devil. <laughs> Classic zinger there. I think, I actually think he, if there was going to be a reason for me to give this film a respect, it would have been uh, Paul Walter Hauser. I think he's just such a likeable guy, and he's got such, he's got fantastic comedic timing. Um, I thought he, I thought he was decent. I liked the wee ratty dog with the one eye. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they called it Wink as well, which I could be that guy. I think he was in Fleabag, the the pure Ponce store owner at the beginning. Uh, I I I've got no understanding as to why he was needed in this film. Very arso, isn't it? Yeah. Um. I, I also, I don't know where any of the writers are for. I'm going to assume they're American, because when is Horace who Paul Walter Hauser plays? I'm sure. Um, uh-huh. When he's watching the football, I've never heard anybody talk or celebrate like him while watching football. He goes, yay! Goal! <laughs> and I'm like, what? Mate, and, you know, you just, you just, you just does, need to get around. Does Go to the pubs, does watch we... a football game. That's everything in unison. Yay! Goal! Goal! <laughs> no. That's what they all say. Ah, I just, it's wee things like that. It's like, when, you know, American writers are like that, they, they, get them to perform in English accents but still have the Americanisms there was a lot of it in The Haunting of Bly Manor I'm sure we, we spoke about Yeah, and uh, the, it's just things like that that no British speaking kind of accent person from here would say it's just words in a British accent and those wee things do stick it to me and, and I, I do have to yeah like that's that's um, aye, that, that's a that's a hard one sometimes, I think, like, to, to, to find all the little, um, I don't even know the word, like, the wee phrases and things you would say, or like, because I remember reading that there was this television show on Netflix um, called Love, and there was a bit where these people, and they're supposed to support this team called the Coyotes, and they say, oh, go Coyotes, but, like, if you were from that area, you would actually call them the Coyotes. Oh. Like, you don't say Coyotes, you say Coyotes. Yeah. So, like, or something along that line. Uh so it's like we things like that that's when it comes down to like researching and like that's why you get dialogue uh dialect coaches and all this uh but i uh, well he didn't know bad for like an i i think emma stone's accent was like her posh english accent 
Because apparently, like, English accents are pretty hard for Americans to do. But, I don't know, if, maybe not so much the posh English accent. Yeah, the stereotypical I'd imagine, one. Like, but, like, you know, that's what I'm thinking, like, Paul Walterhauser, his one was no bad. Yeah, I mean, I could tell it, it was an American doing an English accent, but I've de- certainly heard worse. Aye, aye. Ah, well. Aye. <laughs> Cruella. I know. I mean, everybody's buzzing about the fact that we talk about this instead of <laughs> Quiet Place. Plan is, plan oh. is to talk about A Quiet Place Part 2 next week. I am very excited for it. Brian's a bit, what you, what you like, you're, you're kind of like, eh. Uh, I was also talk, talking about this today in work and I think the, what I said word for word was I, I'm skeptical, skeptical about sequels because what made A Quiet Place so special to begin with was how different it was and I don't know if you can capture that same magic twice it, it's, it's a film that I'm more curious of than than fully like excited for you know i am excited for it but like when i my drive to like go and see this movie isn't because i don't give a shit really about the characters too much it's more just like i want to see how they take this silent premise and extend it to a new movie like can they make it can they do more scenarios and stuff that feel new and fresh or is it just going to be more of the same so we'll 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 see and i'm also kind of curious to see like an expansion of the world because obviously it was very isolated in the first movie you know, when it's just, like, this family on a farm and you know that there are other people, pardon me again, beyond the farm, but, like, you you don't know what the wider world is really like. So, I think we're getting a little expansion of that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious and excited. But, uh, and maybe I'll get to see The Conjuring. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm technically off next week, but I know what I'll be like. And I'm just like, ah, but I'll do some work. Anyway, aye, Cruella. Do you know, do you know what I didn't like about Cruella as well as everything else? This was uh-huh. 1960s slash 1970s London, right? And I know it's a Disney uh-huh. movie, but these are supposed to be up and coming rebels in the, in the punk scene slash fashion scene. Not one person was smoking. You're supposed to tell me, nobody in the fashion industry, no young person in 1970s London smoked. Bullshit. That, yeah, not, mate, that's like the Netflix thing. That would be what that is. Because Netflix don't allow their movies, like, for people to smoke, or at least not as much anymore. Because it was like, remember, remember this? Yeah. Where, yeah, it was like a few years ago, something to do with like influencing people to to smoke through, you know, by making it look cool yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like, no, but, and I, I reckon Disney will be the exact same. That's why I was kind of surprised that they even included the fact that she was drinking alcohol. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, so many of their movies have this kind of fake version of like hard ass kind of thing. You know, like their version of a hard ass is gonna be a guy that says shit and pulls the fingers. You know? <laughs> that that's that's about as far as they can go because anything beyond that is imitable behaviour. Yeah. So um But it just it, it, it annoys me because it automatically and I know we're talking about Well, I suppose it could be based in, in reality, but it lacks that kind of sense of realism. See when you see people 
smoking and Joker or Mank or something, which was something that I was I was I was happy that they did. It's supposed to be representative of the time. It's not, you know, of the times right now. So that place would have been full of people smoking, and it's not to make it look yeah. sexy or edgy or cool or influence anything. It's just to say, you know, by the way, this did happen. And that this Aye. is how it is, and it it doesn't need to be somebody. Oh, I'm gonna have me, you know, five pommels and a and a and a martini drive, please, <laughs> and, and have all that dialogue, and just have somebody just have smoke in the air, or you know, cigarettes in an ashtray or something. Because I think oh, I, I don't know. Just... I think I think as well the um, like see how we're saying like this is probably aimed more like teenage girls and i think this will be a movie quite popular among that kind of uh group but i think um anything like that like they're clearly trying to make this is why they're kind of dialing down and kind of try to brush under the rug the whole like killing dogs thing i think but like they're trying to make her a kind of iconic character yeah like an like an influence of some people where you know like you take this and in a certain standpoint you go like this is a movie about you know uh a woman standing up and like making a name for herself and blah 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 and if you take all those elements which a lot of younger people could be like that's really fucking cool i like that i like how she's edgy i like how she doesn't quite go for the rules you know but then it's like you throw something like that into a kids movie and instantly that's also included into you know like because i can imagine you get younger people going to see this and then next thing they've like Get the, you know their parents come through and find them with their makeup all done and all this you know like yeah. just mental makeup them doing the no future thing across their face <laughs> but then like if you throw in a fag in there then that becomes risky because that's I think I, although like you, you can say like the, these are bad things or whatever for like you know creative freedom or whatever these are the things that Disney has to think about because they're so kid centric and merchandise centric and all this kind of stuff like they want their kids dressing up like their characters yeah so they can include elements like this which this is like wait <laughs> i wasn't expecting to get into the fucking semantics of a disney movie like what they can and can't do for in- influencing young people but um i <laughs> the cruella mate see i just i just don't see the point in the film you can say she's you can prop her up as an anti-hero, you can prop her up as a fashion icon, but mm. she came into this universe as someone who wanted to skin ninety-nine puppies to make jackets out of. There's 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 no getting around about that. I think they did it with the wrong character. And I just I, I've got no understanding as to why. Who greenlit this? That to me it shows that Disney have almost done their sort of their first uh, the first lap of who we can reboot and who we can you know alter the history and now we're going to see reboots of the first generation of reboots happening and it's just yeah that I, I think that's what it is we're scraping the barrel i mean you know i think there was jokes of when are we going to see a jafar movie you know he's not the guy you thought he was <laughs> you know i want to see i want to see the emperor's new groove <laughs> that's like one of the best ones Oh. Get get that guy to actually voice Kronk. What's his name? Oh, Patrick Warburton. I uh, get John Goodman in. in as well. They're all, they're I, all still do uh, it. Uh, that would be that would be so. Who's the guy that does the? It's David Spade. Who's them? David Spade. I I just I I like that movie. That's a good movie. Definitely. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I get you. Yeah, it's kind of like what is the point? And I think there are problems with what 
we know of the character. And I think literally like you tweak a very finite amount of things in this movie and it doesn't need to do that it doesn't have to be anything to do with Cruella. Yeah. But Disney being Disney, they can't just make a movie called like say it was just a Stella, like her name's Estella. So you could you could have just be like Estella. Yeah, this is a this is a fashion slash heist movie slash, you know, whatever. The cut world, cutthroat world of fashion. Like, people are like, aye, but why would we watch that? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a prequel to Hunter 1 Dalmatian. Oh, aye, yeah. aye. I'll go and say that's exactly what it is. But, that um, would have been the twist to end all twists if there was no reference to 101 Dalmatians and then at the very end, she just says, like, Cruella de Vil. See, if the, that would have been that would have been amazing. That would have blew me out of my seat. Would you uh, like that one? I'd have fucking loved it. She that. just came out with her hair dyed at the very I, end. I, it all built up to that, and she did actually turn evil, and she did turn into the villain we know her as, and not the anti-hero. And, and she says, Estella, who's that? I'm Cruella, or whatever that is. I, I think, really- I, I, I think, I think there would be. I'm fair, I, I think as soon as they released a trailer for that, everyone would be like, "This is totally Cruella Deville in it." <laughs> that is a hundred. That would a hundred percent. But I like, I don't think the I character's like, that much like who 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 Cruella Deville's known as because Cruella Deville's very out there, and the the animated one anyway. So I don't know. If, I don't know if it'd be that much of a stretch, but I don't know who am I? I. I'm not the I'm not the target audience for this. Clearly, no. I th- and I. I I think it again links into the whole icon thing that they want to go for. Like, I think this would have been a better movie if they finally went like, "Nah, she snapped. She is mental." Yeah, but like, they can't do that. They no. won't do that. Um, but that's the problem when you make the villain of something else where you can let them be like that and turn them into the protagonist of another film. Um, but I before we wrap things up, did you watch anything this week? You did watch some stuff. I did watch some stuff. I've letterboxed it so. Mate. I held off letterboxing this movie <laughs> just just in case. I gave you know. it one and a half stars on letterbox. One and a half. So same as uh, what's that movie we watched the other day? Army of the Dead. <laughs> give, uh, Army. give it the same rating as Army of the Dead. Wow. Uh, I I watched I watched some classics this week. I watched Sergio Corbucci's Django, starring Franco Nero, one of the best spaghetti westerns ever made. Then I watched Reanimator because it's on Prime. I highly recommend everybody watch Reanimator. One of the best zombie movies you'll ever see. I had to fucking cleanse my palate after that Army of the Dead shit. <laughs> watched uh, the the OG Dumbo, which is not very good. Didn't really like it that much. Uh, jumped right into Spaghetti Western World after that again with another Cedric Corbucci, which is uh, The Great Silence. Again, one of the best Spaghetti Westerns you'll ever see. And then, <laughs> after Cruella... The, the man, the myth, the legend is Conor McLeod, Highlander. Still tremendous in every single way. That's what I've been watching this week. Well, we might be talking about Highlander in a few months, a couple of months from now, for its 35th, not 45th anniversary. <laughs> um, I rewatched. Uh, well, um, I was thinking about last night, I watched uh, Baby Driver, just because it came up on Netflix and I saw a clip and I was like, ah, you know I like a wee bit of, I like Baby Driver. I think though it's one of those like definitely, like I really enjoy it, but it has that like people think this is so cool because like Edgar Wright, you'll chuck in some tunes and that's it. That's another thing with Cruella. The tunes were a bit excessive, like all the oh, time. Aye. Um, but aye, Baby Driver obviously being like a kind of musical thing. I think they felt like they were like 
it's like, oh, this is cool cinema. Like, that's kind of his thing. Like, he tries to make cool movies. Um, but no, I think it's pretty, de- it's a good movie. It's well paced. You know, the editing's nice to look at. The action scenes are good enough and all this. Uh, probably the highlight for me this week is I watched uh, Bo Burnham's new special on Netflix called Inside. Have you have you ever watched any of Bo Burnham? No, I don't think he. No. I, I don't think he would. Not sure if he'd be your type. But this guy, so this is basically like a, a special that he made, and like on his own, entirely on his own, in his little flat, and during lockdown over the last year, and Bo Burnham's always been this kind of. Well, I'm saying always. I literally got introduced to Bo Burnham maybe about a month ago. I think I watched a couple of his specials that are on Netflix. So he's very like making commentary about things that happen in the world but like he, he isn't afraid to just go like really really serious for a bit and then really stupid and funny and he's really like dry humor sarcastic and then he throws in songs and stuff and i used to always really hate the songs like i'm not a fan of, like you know like when if you ever watch lee evans like lee evans just at the very end of these gigs always does a musical number and i fucking hate it every time like it ruins the show for me so like he does these and i just don't find them funny but then this one, I think, I'm not sure if it's just like he made them catchy songs. That was kind of the, the thing. Because the other ones are supposed to be just funny by what he's saying. But I think these are also catchy songs mixed in with like being funny as well. So I just really, really liked his, his videos a lot more. But it's really, <laughs> it's really well shot. It's a bit weird. Uh, the first half was definitely better than the uh, the second in my mind. But I can actually imagine myself re-watching this. Um, it's, just, it's just quite... Just quite good. He was the guy in uh he's the guy in Promising Young Women. Oh right, right. I the didn't recognise the name, yeah. Aye. So um no you, if I'd maybe check that out. I don't know. You might like it. I'm not sure. Nah, you probably wouldn't, actually. <laughs> nah. Um But yeah, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh we'll be back next week. Uh let's put in a little placeholder promise and say that we'll be talking about a quiet place part two. Yeah. Uh so I hopefully all go- you know what I just I just don't understand why the cinema would decide today we're not going to show this movie tomorrow we are going to show this movie T- the next day now nah, we're not going to show it that day why are you alternating yeah like do do half and half of both movies because it was between it was like the conjuring and the quiet place I think we're alternating day to day I'm just like half your screenings do both on the same day <laughs> that just wound me up so much because I was like fully like I'm going to see A Quiet Place Part 2 on Wednesday night and then Odin just went nigh no. So, <laughs> and our other local cinema is not open until Aye. this weekend. So we're buzzing. The two are buzzing. Going back to our favourite cinema this week. Um, but I <laughs> Thanks everyone for watching. We'll see you with A Quiet Place Part 2 next week. Bye. Bye.